Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Is that even true? The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. We said that as kids all the time. Yeah, you know what? I never got hit with a stick. I never got hit with a stone, but I sure the heck got hit with some words and they had an impact. Yeah, I think maybe it was that idea of wishful thinking. Like, if you speak this enough times, it'll be true. Right. Except we know that, you know, biblically and, you know, just in everyday practice that we use a lot more words and people are very good at wielding them to use them to build people up and to tear people down. So they are definitely impactful. So when it comes to this idea that we've been hearing about a lot in society and culture, even in the church, about manifesting and speaking things into existence. You know, how far does that go? How much of that is true? How much of that is new age? How much of that is something that you should stay away from? How much of it should you actually own? So that's kind of the question that we're dealing with today. What do you need in your pantry as far as words are concerned? Well, I mean, I I guess I could jump on like a lot of people do when they jump into the verse. (laughs) Matthew 18, 19, it says, Again, I say to you that if two or more of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, hey, do we agree we need a bigger, better, badder house? <laughs> do we need a new car? We need a bigger car. We, we need a minivan. Let's yeah. agree. And God's going to say Let's shake on it. Shake on it. <laughs> we shaking on it. Is that going to happen? Is that going to happen? Now, now, it could. But it might not. I always love these because it's always like, I'm going to speak myself into riches. I'm going to speak myself into money. Now, being in Africa a lot throughout my, my, my life, um, you get ideas. You, you hear these ideas. You hear that, like, if I just keep saying it, it's going to happen. And I'm like, but is that really what God has in order for you? And I think that's where we're at some of this. We're going to jump into several different parts. But the first part of this is, manifesting things (laughs) yeah so you know i think that there's definitely a lot of self-help books out there that come from the new age idea because since the beginning of time we know that words do have power god's words have ultimate power and so regardless of what you believe if you observe that words have power you're observing a truth and so if you go into the new age realm of mysticism and spirituality and it's about you and what's best for you and what is good for you, 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 then the idea of speaking things into existence and priming your brain and all that stuff, they're tapping into something that is true, that is right. effective, but without a heart that is seeking after God, like you said, you might you might successfully prime your brain and and what we like what some people call it, manifest certain things into your life just because that is all you're focused on so you're looking for opportunities that will get you there and then it comes your way by means of your own effort or God's providence in your life or Satan's favor to keep you away from God whatever it is mm-hmm. you might get it but the heart was not interested in what God wants for your life and what is best being what God wants for your life and it was just you wanting it and trying to will it into existence and there is there is some merit 
There is, there is a way, like, I mean, it, it will definitely help you if you keep focused on needing a new house and you have a realistic idea of that, then you're not going to spend money on wasteful things that would keep you from that. And you're going to be looking out for good deals on homes. Right. You're going to be networking with people who could get you a new home. You know, you might gonna, even budget. You might even budget, go figure. You know, you, like, it's going to, you know, when we set an intention, we're trying to get there. But you might be going up upstream against what God's will is for your life and you end up with it and it doesn't really amount well, to I think there's a difference though here between like this idea of I'm going to manifest this into existence. It's just going to happen versus I'm going to put in the work right. to work towards a goal or a vision, right? Nothing yeah. wrong with goals and visions. I think right. the goals and visions are actually imperative and I think that goals and visions drive us. But I want to go back because we're talking on that side of things, but let's get back to a Bible side of things too, because I think we can look at this in two ways. Mm -hmm. I've heard this verse used that way. Yeah. This is when they're like addressing a sinful brother. Mm -hmm. So hermeneutically, <laughs> hermeneutically, right? We're looking at something that is specifically going towards church discipline. Mm -hmm. So it's not even really going towards the Mercedes Benz no, going in the driveway. Not it's not going. And, and But the sad part is that People will take these verses and they'll use these verses and then they forget everything around the verse. And so they don't put in the hermeneutics. They don't put in like the digestion of the verse. Like, what is this really addressing? And they're just like, man, look, if we agree, if you pray for anything, it shall happen. You know, those, all those verses. Mm -hmm. But we also have to understand that there's an alignment to God. Mm -hmm. um, so when we're speaking these things and we're like, hey, what is the heart of the matter? Right? Like, I have a Honda. <laughs> Some people have told me I should get rid of my Honda. I don't want to get rid of my Honda. Right. I don't care if it has zip ties that hold the front bumper together, the it rear drives. bumper together. I put oil in that thing. I get up in the morning and 99.8% of the time it starts. Right. That's <laughs> there is the... that odd occurrence. I got to put a new battery in it. I did put a new alternator once. Yeah. So I get it. Uh, or the flat tires because they're so old they're dry rotted on the edges because I'm that guy I'm like I, look I used to be doing the sports cars I plan for those by the way but anyways but now I'm like I got my car I don't walk out there like I need a new car I need this you have I feel like I yes there's not a progressiveness <laughs> right a progressiveness into what I need God said he would feed us God said he would take care of us but we sometimes think that we got to have the buffet. So the verse that always pops into my head when it comes to ver these, these words, right? And I think this has merit. I really do. And I'm pulling it up, y'all. Sorry. I didn't have it in my head. But because Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So obviously there is something that happens when we speak. How does that happen? So we wanted to get that manifestation of a religious idea out the way that like, yeah, man, you do all these things and God's going to bless you. Oh, you, you ask for these things. It's going to happen because you've been a faithful servant and all that stuff. I know faithful servants don't eat for five days. So mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they're any less faithful. It just means that's not their circumstance. Right. Sad, but it happens. But what happens when we start to negative talk? as the role would call it, negative talk, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that has an impact. Yeah, and also positive. I think yeah. I don't want to just right. go right. into the negative, but positive talk will reinforce positive things. And so if you're talking about the power of life and death being in the tongue, mm. then what does that mean? He's right. not just saying that. He's not just talking about his own tongue. He's not just talking about his own words. Now, of course, God is God, is God so his words mm. create 
physical things and bring things into existence out of nothing. That's what he's able to do. We operate on a much smaller degree, and that in itself isn't new age. That's right. just truth. Now, when you start thinking of yourself as a little G-God, you start calling on demons and spirits and start considering yourself you know, it, it being necessary for you to astral project mm -hmm. and gain new knowledge and all stuff, then yeah, you're on the wrong track. But they've truly stolen this reality of there is power in words from biblical truth that God has put in place this entire time. He had man name the animals. He has a father and a mother name their children. He renames people right. and their significance in both their original name and in the name he renames them with, their significance in the names of places. And also he calls us to not tear people down, but to encourage them to address one another with hymns and spiritual songs and verses, right? There's a reason he's having us do it. And it's not just because it's nice to do and mm -hmm. it gives you an extra tally mark. It's because there's, he has built us in such a way that there's an impact words have on us. Right. And so we must own and accept that reality without completely dismissing it entirely as new age nonsense and, and start thinking that when people talk about, you know, speaking good things and, you know, having good intentions, that they're instantly falling into new age. Mm. It's, it's dangerous, yes, in that, in that area, but it is important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and throw out the reality that words do matter. And that we are held accountable for every word that we speak. Mm. And that he says it's better to not speak so many words because it makes you fall into, into sin so much easier. You know, bridle your tongue, self-control. All these things have to do with words. Yeah, that's a very good point. Very good points because it has an impact. I mean, how many Proverbs sit there and talk about the impact of, of, our, of our words? Mm -hmm. Um and, and it, it is so deceptive. It is so deceptive. I, so we work with teens. We work with other people. We talk to a lot of people. Right. And something that always comes out is like, I'm going through a rough patch. I'm going through this. I'm going through, and so I start digging. I'm like, okay, so when you were feeling this way, when you were feeling, you know, down or low, what was going on? Well, I didn't feel worth it. You know, like, like I wasn't a good person. I mean, you go through the laundry list of, I didn't do things right. I don't do things right. I'm a failure. I'm no good. I know this. Who's that sound like? <laughs> Who does that sound like? That deceiver, <laughs> right? Right. Right. Because God never. I love going all the way back to Genesis on this one and be like, yeah. God created and said it was good from the very beginning. It was good. Now, God, of course, sin creeps in. Whatever. But see, sin. I love. Oh, see there. Sin creeps in. Sin creeps in. It's like coming in through the back door like, hey, you ain't worth nothing. You suck. You're no good. You're horrible. You can't get it right. You know, you're, when are, you're never going to be anything. And I always tell them, right, that's a bad voice. That is a voice that is going to drive you farther into that negative self-talk. And when we start getting into that, into, into negative self-talk, you know, I know we're going to talk about positive too because I think it's important. Because who comes in with the positive stuff? Jesus. Jesus comes in and he says, no, 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 hold on. You're good. No, you're going to be okay. Like, trust in me. I got you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to hold you in my right hand. He says all of these awesome things that he's like, and they go complete opposites. But I see it all the time. I see it in me. Mm -hmm. I can't get it right. And then I end up, 
I can't get it right. I can't get it right. I can't get it right. And then I never do get it right because I'm already putting myself at zero. Actually, I'm putting myself at negative. Right. I'm not even starting fresh. It's like zero is fresh. Right. I'm like down in like negative one million, like trying to dig myself up just to get to a fresh start. But I keep telling myself I can't do it. And when we do that to ourselves, oh my gosh, the world that we, we, we create around ourselves becomes unbearable. I want Jesus too. But when I am sitting in a negative, when I am sitting in a place where I am beating myself down, I'm looking at the world as so lowly and horrible and ugly and no good and there's no positive. In other words, in it, the enemy of my flesh and the world is taking over. And I start saying, I just want the rapture to happen or I want Jesus to come. I want to go away. You, you ain't no different. Because that's not what God has told us to do. As long as I'm breathing, then I need to be moving and I need to be in a better state of mind as I move and navigate my everyday life. When you're looking at it from a pantry perspective, we have a lot of thoughts and opinions mm. in our pantry. And if they don't line up with the word of God, if they don't line up with the diet you know works, then they need to be tossed out. If they're ingredients from your old life, you need to courageously throw them out no matter what they cost you, no matter how rare they are, no matter how great a time you used to have with these things, they don't belong in here anymore. Because if they stick around now, they're going to rot. They're going to cause a bad smell because those things aren't going to be utilized for any recipe worth consuming from here on out. And there's some things that the Lord will redeem, like a gift that you have that, you know, it's it's now going to be used for new recipes. But then there's things like toxic thoughts that because words shape our reality, your own individual reality, and it can also influence and shape the realities of those around you, then there is a point to keeping them around or throwing them out. And you don't want the ones that don't line up with the word because you end up in a pattern in your own brain and you start reinforcing the wrong trains of thought. And then those are become your habits that you continuously run through. And there's two ways to deal with this, right? Because we're talking about two different things. One is if you put too much power in what other people, including yourself, say, if you put too much power into words that conflict with the Bible, you're going to have a hard time. Mm. And also, if you listen to those words, if you use those words, they're going to create a hard time. And we want to be careful to not just favor one of the two issues and say that's the real issue, just get rid of this. We want to acknowledge the power of words. Right. We want to acknowledge God is more powerful, but he does not like to work outside of the parameters that he set. Right? He doesn't choose a miracle every single time. He doesn't say, well, you know, the way that I like the way the sun rises and the moon comes up and moves around that's just going to change because I feel like it. He's done it about three times, right? He's not, he's not someone who just because you've messed up is going to bend the dimensions of reality to fix your life every single time. He's given us certain reality parameters that are important to follow. So when it comes to this, and, you know, next I'll kind of go through right. um, some examples of studies that have been done and how just even your name can impact things from both sides. Right. And if you don't, if you think Jesus is down with, with negative talk, watch this. Get behind me, Satan. 
Because <laughs> Peter was speaking some nonsense in the atmosphere. The guy's like, no, no, put that aside. You got to go. You got to go. Uh, it can be also tricky, too, though. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes when we start talking, we actually justify. Mm -hmm. In other words, it could be completely like, Debased. Right. But you justify <laughs> but you, just, so you feel but, better. Yeah, that was what you said. Like, like, so, so like this. Look, it can sound grounded, right? I'm not good at this, so I should avoid attempting it for my own personal safety. Yeah. Now, granted, maybe if it's diving with sharks, <laughs> but like if it's talking to someone at church, then you need to take six right. steps back. <laughs> we already did the the mean one, downright mean. I can never do anything right. right. But watch this. It might, it may seem like a realistic appraisal of a situation. I got a C on this test. Mm, I guess I'm just not good at math. <laughs> like, but you could be. But like, you're setting up your reality. Right, you're, right, right, right. you're deciding <laughs> that reality is you're bad at math. Instead of, I would need to spend more time to be better at math. You're saying you're just bad at math. And some people would say that's splicing hairs, mm. but is it? One is giving you the ability to grow and overcome, but what you just said has cemented you into a reality that you're just bad at math. Right. Okay, here's another one, right? Mm -hmm. Another one. It may seem realistic, oh, I'm sorry, it may devolve into a fear-based fantasy. Okay, now I'm gonna give you a simple one, but there's so many of these. Oh yeah. Because hold on, first of all, God said I don't I I I, I don't give you I give you this or what what was how's it go on the verse? I don't give you the spirit of fear. There we go. I don't give you the spirit of fear, right? But I give you the power of love and self control and all that mm -hmm. stuff, right? But listen to this: I'll never be able to go to a good college. Why? Right. Now I'm not saying that you can say I'm gonna go to an elite college and then God's gonna just put you in an elite college. But the other has such an impact. I mean, okay, fear-based fantasies, right? Now, but but it can be reality in the sense that there are some scary things that are going on. But the fantasy is not trusting in God, right? The fantasy part of that is like, okay, I'm, the, the world scares me and it has a right. To, no, the world has no right to scare me. The world has no right to come against my eternal glory, right? And so we sit there in a fear-based fantasy and we start, hey, I'll take it's taking us down some holes, right? Mm -hmm. When we start worrying about everything that's going on in the world, you're like, oh. but then you just have to sit back and you say, nope, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's happening, but that's not my destiny. Right. That's, that's where the two problems kind of come together and meet in the middle. Mm. Because you have the reality that you're made to be impacted by words and the reality that God has given you the ability to overcome the impact of words. Mm. But because we're not perfect yet, <laughs> should we say that those around us should just get over these words or just ignore these words? Or should we start choosing better words to speak mm. and better speakers to be listening to in our own lives? And if you're surrounded by people who happen to use a lot of toxic language, well... Now you're probably flexing more of the muscles, learning how to not trust that kind of language. Right. But that doesn't mean that when we learn to master a little bit of how to ignore certain things, that we can just be, you know, unashamed and unabashed by our own words and throw them around because people should just be less sensitive to them. You know, and I think it starts from birth, which is why it's already happened to you. Let's say you're a strong person of the faith at, at a good old, like, you know, 32 years old. Well, when you were five, you know, or when you were three, 
Words were already impacting your reality. Right. The words that people choose shape the way you perceive things. And a lot of people don't wake up from those early decisions to perceive things the way they were spoken to for a very long time, unless there's someone who's just prone to question authority and question things in general. For example, if you grow up with certain types of food, how, how likely is it that in your life you've called food from another culture that's completely normal in that culture, you've called it weird, or you've said it stinks, because that your reality is in your little neck of the woods, you don't smell it that much, it stinks. And everyone has said it stinks, so you've labeled it as stinky. And it's weird because you've never gotten used to it. They got a weird name, they sound funny. We use it, you perceive how they sound funny, where they come from, you sound funny. Right. Right? right. So there's a perception. Now you think they sound funny. You perceive everything they say as different than someone who says it in a different voice. Ooh, come on. Right. So we have things that have already impacted us. And so there's some studies, one from the 2000s, found that even after controlling for family background and general dissatisfaction with life, people who didn't like their own name tended to have poor <laughs> psychological adjustment just because they don't like their name. Just because they don't like their name. Mm -hmm. If this isn't you, if you have a great name or you don't like your name but you've gotten over it, you are engaging with other right. human beings, right. right? And so you knowing this and being aware that even something as simple as a name mm. can impact you. There was a lot of studies about this. One was that uh, a study found that people with names considered unfashionable at the time were more likely to be rejected as compared with people with more trendy wow. names in a dating thing where literally they would just say, would you want to date a guy named Kevin? Would you want to date a guy named Alexander? And names that were trendy at the time, they were both men and women were saying, yeah, I'll date Alexander. Yeah, I'll, I, won't, I don't want another woman, Kevin. Yeah, I do want Cindy. Like, I don't want Cindy. I do want Vivica or whatever, you know, these names were at the time. Um, another part was because they were rejected more often, they tended to be less educated and have lower self-esteem. Or not because, but those who had unfashionable names. Mm. who were rejected more often also tended to be less educated and have lower self-esteem almost as if the rejection they experienced on the dating platform was a reflection of how they'd fared in life more generally oh. right they found that even after controlling for the influence of background demographic factors people with names seen as less popular or having more negative connotations for example rated on average as less warm or moral were more likely to have been involved in crime <laughs> people that um People with rarer names were more often associated with unusual careers, which could be positive mm. or negative. Like if you have a unique name, maybe you've learned to be more unique, not expect your name on the magnet or the mug or nothing. You just drive your own way. And <laughs> my name's everywhere. Um, but so you go after more unique professions, right? So you trudge, you're used to trudging your own way. Just a couple more. Um, the language we use about one another and towards each other impacts how we see one another. So if someone asks you, you know, to describe your kids' bad traits and you're already in this way of listing out their bad traits, you're more likely to look at them negatively right after. Or if you're more used to saying, like, what's good about your child? You start talking about, it's almost like you're describing two different people, but now you're more prone to look at this kid favorably for the next few hours. I, I actually remember, remember looking at the keychains, right? Oh, yeah. And looking for Shay. And like, but watch this, what went in my mind? My name will never be there. Uh-huh. And like, I went into more of a negative instead of like, Psh, they don't know how to put a good name up there, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I did, it, it, you could actually take it back. And actually when you look at my name, beautiful today, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm cool with Shay. I'm good with Shay. Yeah. But there was time periods that I wasn't good with Shay, but 
again, it didn't really have to do with what my parents called me. It had to do with the circumstance behind it. You know, I went through that period of molestation and all that stuff. So I was, you know, fighting the whole the whole gay and all that mm-hmm. that that mentality. And then I remember fifth grade. I mean, evil's evil, right? He knows how to come in and just manipulate the whole situation. And you know, so one kid, one one kid, Shay gay, because I was having this struggle. Well, now Shay had just this huge negative uh, connotation for me, and, right. I, and it was like. I hate this name. I hate who I am. Wait, so see, now I've associated my my name to me mm-hmm. being, hating me. Like, not just my name, and now I hate me. Mm-hmm. But it was driven, and it, and it just sucks you down into this pit. So I remember, like, leaving middle school, and I'm like, I'm going by my middle name. If I, I'm going to a new high school, I'm not going to be around any of those people no more. Because I was, I, it was that... It was that traumatic. So right. so it really was traumatic for me. I was so traumatized by that name that I was like, I'm gonna change it. But let me tell y'all something. It didn't change my heart. Right. I still had a little opinion of myself. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how we can walk ourselves into the negative. And it wasn't until later, I think it was Army, I just started calling out so I started going by Shay again. I'm like, call me gay now, I'm gonna Whoop you. No, <laughs> Call me gay now. I'm going to put you in a pretzel. No, See, words have an impact, right? But they, but they do. And so, but now I look at my name and I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. It's unique. I and love I can make, Now I can make jokes out of like, you know, it's like, how you spell it? Like Shea, like Shea Butter. And they're like, oh, wow, Shea Butter. I'm like, but ain't that smooth. <laughs> so now everybody. So in my pantry, we've got butter. <laughs> <laughs> but but th- what, what we've been walking through here is just how... Words are impactful. Right. And the Bible is, is specific. It's like, it's, it tells us that we should watch our tongue. Mm-hmm. Right? It says that we should watch our tongues. It says, hold on, where's, where's one? These are good. Proverbs are always good. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course, it jumps in on the other side, you know. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. <laughs> I'm telling you, our, so our heart, well, we, you know, we always say flesh and we say, world and we say Satan, you know, those three things that come against us. No evil. Like sometimes we're just so evil. The heart of man is wicked, right? Mm-hmm. We're just so evil and, and, and we're evil to people. We're evil to ourselves. We're we're I say the not all the time, but I say some horrible I've said some horrible things to you. <laughs> I, I try not to. I'm look, I'm working I've said I've said I, I, things but I'm a work in progress. Yeah. And so and we, and and it gets the better. list is short. The, 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 the getting shorter. Yeah, like I don't really remember <laughs> and it was short. anything. But, but yeah, but, but it's true. We do. Like, how could, like, we love each other so much. Right. How could you fathom, you know, and people who are like, oh, I want to be like them or, you know, any couple that you're like, I want to be like them. And then you see them on their ugly day and you're like, oh, right. Or, or yeah. another one, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness and it breaks the spirit. I, I, I this whole time I'm thinking about Kalia. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about our daughter and I'm thinking about like what kind of fruit. What kind, of, what kind of sustenance am I trying to pour into her life? I, and watch this. I've had, I've had to engineer backwards <laughs> in this because all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, wait, I'm so good with Kalia. Why am I so bad with Michelle? <laughs> like, why, why am I so like, got to encourage, got to lift up, got to build up, got to edify, got to hug her when she cries, got to make sure she's okay. Don't put any, try not to put a lot of negative of the uh, impact, you know, words or impacts into her life. You know, she can't get up a hill. I don't say, hey, stupid, you, you, you're broke. You can't do that. What's wrong with you? You can't pedal. What's wrong? And I'm like, 
okay, baby girl, you're okay. Just depending on the fit she throws, depends on how long I got to sit there and tell her, <laughs> you can do this, you got this. But you know what's cool on the outside of that? When she gets it. Yeah. Like, remember the bridges, like, she's just learned how to ride her bike. <laughs> Don't know. Downhill, you'd think the girl would be scared. She's like, 100 miles out downhill, doesn't... She freak out going uphill. I'm like, and I don't want to sit there and be like, do you not understand? I'm like, I'm like, but I'm like, honey, you got this, you got this. And finally she breaks that first bridge, right, on the bike trail. And she's like, and you see that smile. Because she can do it. And there's a lot of things that we talk ourselves into the oh yeah, I'll never, I can't, I, I won't, I won't. But shout out to Ryan now. Beautiful. She don't. She barely learned how to I've ride a bike. I've rode a bike maybe like twelve times in my entire life. So this. And there's some frustrations in there, but. Yeah. But you know what's amazing? On that same note, and this is where yeah. this is where I'll close out. Is that we talk about how powerful the negatives are, but how much more is love that mm. it overcomes, and that darkness can't overcome yes. the light, right? So when you're thinking about your pantry and what needs to be inside of it, and we're talking about the need to both realize who can overcome evil words and the power and the importance of us using good words. One of the things that was encouraging lately to me is when she was first, like the first day on her new bike with training wheels and handbrakes and everything, she was getting so frustrated going uphill because it requires leg work. She doesn't have gears, so she has to put it all in. And she got so upset, and so she got off her bike, and she's crying, and she's just so frustrated, and I look at her, and I'm like, look at me in the eye. And she doesn't always like to do that when she's upset, but I made her do it this time because it was important. I was like, Kalia can do hard things. Mm. Kalia can do hard things. I wasn't there to tell her it's easy, you just need to whatever. I was like, no, this is hard. You can do hard things. And she seemed to like not believe it and say, no, I can't, you know. And then yesterday, in a whole different circumstance, at the end of the day, after another bike ride and a whole different thing, she looked at me and she's like, remember what you said? And I was like, what? She's like, I can do hard things. It's mm. good. That's, we can say that to our friends. We can say that to ourselves. when you're realizing that you're in a bad cycle of telling yourself lies. That's why we say reach for the Bible. Not because the pain will instantly go away, mm. but because you're breaking a cycle of evil words and starting a cycle of fruitful ones. So what are those supernatural foods that also give you the energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so another thing that we've been doing too is I get my hand on her back. Uh -huh. She don't have gears. I, look, I feel for her. I'm she like, I down, I down my gears and I'm like, big hill, no problem. I'll pedal 100 miles an hour and they don't feel that, but I'm going up that thing. And she's like, eh, eh. And so I started pushing on her back, right? Giving her a little bit. What's cool though, is she didn't just grab a hold of that and make me push her the whole way. She's starting to build the confidence, but I'm, but that's like God, right? Yeah. He's like, come on, come on, come on. And then, and then now there's times I'll start to reach out. No, Baba, I got this. I no. And she went up that one hill on Sligo all the way to the top, the whole way, like barely going. <laughs> she but she was like, I'm going the whole way. And she did it. You can do it too. Yeah. Look, positive talk. It's okay. I'm good. I'm okay. God's got me. Man, God loves me. Watch this. I love me. I love my neighbor. I'm checking y'all. I'm checking y'all. Look, I love my neighbor. I, I, we have good neighbors. We actually have good neighbors. I'm, I'm actually happy with my neighbors. <laughs> but uh, let's keep it in the real. We, we don't need to beat ourselves up with words. We don't need to beat others up with words. 
We can speak truth in love, but it doesn't have to be a negative. Like I, I speak truth to Kalia all the time, like you did. I love that. I love that. You can, you know, what did you say? Kalia can do Kalia hard things. Kalia can do hard things. And and weeks later, she's like, "Mommy, you told me I can do hard things." Look, God says the same thing. He says, "Is nothing impossible with Him?" And we can do hard things. And sometimes life is hard. And so if you get anything out of this episode, right, anything, I mean, you can pray for Mercedes. <laughs> I mean, okay, cool. I mean, uh, I don't want one. We had an Audi that we got for a rental. It was horrible. My Subaru has more space. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's bigger in every way possible. Except and yet, the one that matters. Except for the one where I can't fit in it if my daughter sits behind me. What is that? Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't want to get too far off. And that, the, but the most important out of this, okay? Because the whole manifestation thing, yeah, pray for it. Hey, if you have hard finances, Lord, help me with my finances. Um, if if you if you're having a hard time putting food on the table, Lord, bring food to me. You promised that the, you would feed the birds. How much more important are we? But more importantly, how we speak to one another. So if you walk out here today, look, speak life into people. Speak life into your spouse, your daughter, your parents, your friends, the people at work people that maybe you don't necessarily like but speak life into people because what it's going to do for you is it's going to raise you up and lift you up and keep you in a positive attitude amen amen so if you've enjoyed this episode be sure to like and subscribe and all the fun things you can support us at patreon.com slash the pantry podcast and you can also check out our seven day free devotional jesus not junk food at the pantry so until next time bye bye